There's um, a couple of verses in, uh, in the Bible that are part of a, a slightly bigger narrative that, that is very interesting to read. And um, it's found in a book called The Book of Lamentations, which you can probably figure from the name is not exactly a hotbed of joviality. Uh, and yet within this book are these profound and amazing statements that I think would really help us understand the journey that um, we're on tonight to answer some of the questions that, that might arise. Here's what those two verses in Lamentations chapter 3 says, Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning, Great is your faithfulness. What's interesting is that word compassions there, um, in the root language, which is the Hebrew language, actually is the word womb. And we have amended the language to say something that we need, which is about compassion, because we all need compassion. But actually the root of that is womb. If you're going to read it very bluntly and accurately, you would have to read, for his womb never fails. The, 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 the suggestion in this is that, is that God carries us in, somehow in his, in his womb and that his process of bringing us to birth does not fail, that God does not miscarry any part of humanity but he brings it to where it's supposed to be. His womb never fails. His womb never aborts. His womb always owns what's within the womb. I could also suggest to you that, that perhaps something within the blood and the pain and the grief of what we know as the cross and the crucifixion is something of the labour pains of God Almighty who is, who is pushing us because of that pain at the cross in, into a process of life. Now, now, I had absolutely nothing to do with my birth other than being present. It was all my mum. And uh, she breathed and pushed and uh, out popped me. And uh, suddenly I was born into a world that I previously had no understanding of, but it did exist, it had existed, and I was not able to participate in any of its joys or wonders. Um, but my mother pushed me out of the womb into the world and I became alive. I, I think there are some amazing and wonderful parallels that we don't often think about with what we in Christianity call the gospel. It's quite fascinating that of course even the term woman is an abbreviation of the term womb man. The same flesh, the same essence, the same being, but the womb being part of it and how when God made man in his image, he also then brought the woman out of the man and he brought her to the man and it says, and God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful. There, there was a role that needed to be understood. Now, you have to ask the where did God get the idea of humanity and of man in humanity being what it is, and where did God get the idea of woman, a man with the womb, 
in humanity, but it's all part of the reality and the truth. So let me shock some of you. To make God male is just as great an error as making God female. There's no difference. In the Hebrew language, which of course a great patch of the Bible was written in, and of course the emergence of what we understand as the truth of the gospel had its roots in in Hebrew culture, which became Jewish culture, which of course brought us through to where we are. But, But in the Hebrew language, there is no gender neutral provision. What I mean by that is in in the Hebrew language, there is no equivalent of the English word it. You have two options, he or she. So in the Hebrew language and in the language that the gospel emerged from, everything and everyone is a he or a she. Now that gets interesting because, because um, um, everything may grammatically, you understand grammar, Everything may be grammatically either masculine or feminine. However, in the Hebrew language, grammatical gender is not an indicator of actual gender. It's a figure of speech. It's a way of describing things. Let me give you a couple of examples. The titles for God in the Hebrew Bible are Elohim, El Adonai. El is the Hebrew word for God, an ancient word for God. And they are masculine nouns. And God is called he. But a book, I mean a book, a proper book, not not a book, a paper book, an actual book, a book book, which none of us have anymore. A book. There is one in there somewhere under that coat. There is. A book. We have a book. A book, which in the Hebrew is Sifa, is a masculine noun too. So a book is called he. And God is no more male than a book is male. This book in Hebrew is a he. Do you understand? God is no more male than the book is male. It's not about gender, okay? Now take, for example, the word animal. In the Hebrew, the word for animal is a feminine noun. Therefore, by the rules of Hebrew grammar, whenever people speak of a haya, which is an animal, they have to refer to it as she. This does not indicate that the animal in question is actually female. Where's the cat? She came in. You would say in Hebrew, but she didn't mean that she was female or feminine, you were just referring to the grammatical terminology that allows you to locate that person in a gender, but the gender does not indicate what that person's function is or what that creature or what that thing's function is. There's another example I'll give you just in this little section. One is in the Hebrew, there's the word ruach. Ruach is the Holy Spirit. Ruach is a feminine word. Therefore, if you're going to say God is male, you have to, by the same rules, say the Holy Spirit is female. But where I hear people push the agenda of God is male, they get upset if you were to say, in that case, then the Holy Spirit is 
female because the truth is Holy Spirit is not female and God is not male. They may be by the grammatical gender allocation of the Hebrew language but in their function we must not allocate them within the restricted boundaries of a gender location. Now here's the one I love, this is my favourite. Shaddai in the Hebrew is an amazing word. So let me show you the journey there. Here's the rule in Hebrew. All body parts that come in pairs, this is what you teach your kids in Hebrew school. All body parts that come in pairs or are more than two are feminine nouns. Okay, so it's a bit like teaching Spanish or French or whatever where you have feminine and masculine, le and la and all that stuff. In Hebrew, you teach the kids that all body parts that come in pairs that you have two or more of are feminine nouns. So hands are feminine. Ears are feminine. Legs are feminine. Fingers are feminine. Teeth are feminine. All of them are feminine nouns, all except for one pair. And it, it's, it's the only pair that is not a feminine noun in Hebrew, and that one is breasts. So the most feminine pair organ in the human body happens to be a masculine noun. Breasts are masculine. Now, ask me why it is so. Thanks for asking. That's a very good question. And the answer is because. Because. No. Because I said so. That's what mothers do. Shaddai, S-H-A-D-D-A-I, is a Hebrew word that is linked to the term El Shaddai. In the Bible, God is called El Shaddai. El meaning God and Shaddai meaning breasts. The word Shaddai is breast. God is called the many-breasted one, El Shaddai, every English Bible translates El Shaddai as the Almighty. Now the Almighty is a great name for God, but it has nothing to do with El Shaddai. It was superimposed on innocent Bible readers and that's it. Therefore it would not be wrong to refer to God as the many-breasted one. What's the significance? The loving mother the loving mother-like nurture, the loving mother-like nurture of God is as evident as his strength and power. The point is not to argue whether God is male or female, but that he has within him every attribute needed to love, lead and nurture each individual member of the human race. Now, a video came out last year. It's called The Shack. And uh, I want to introduce you to the shock of The Shack. Because this book and this subsequent movie caused more flipping trouble within the Christian community than you could shake a stick at. And it was all over the fact that the main character, Mac, and this is the bit of the video that I want to show you in just a moment. The main character, Mac, 
whose daughter has been viciously abducted and murdered, and he is trying to find what happened to his daughter, and that, hence the reason where the shack comes into it, because that was the location where the murder took place after the abduction. And uh, Mac, at this difficult time in his life, because we all have a shack, we, we might not have lost a daughter who's been abducted and murdered, but, but that shack was the place that you don't want to go. It's the place that represents the struggles of your life where you don't want to visit that place. You don't want to go there, but you need to go there to resolve it. And so Mac... He, 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 he has this, 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 this thing where, 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 where he is drawn to the place. And the place where he's drawn to is where he meets God. And it's at the place of his greatest pain and frustration. And what happens is a shock to his rigid concepts of God, love, and life. I want you to watch it. <laughs> Mackenzie Allen Phillips. <laughs> my, my, my. Look at you. very well, but we can work on that. I've been so looking forward to this, to finally see you face to face. Can I take your coat and that gun? We wouldn't want anyone to get hurt now, would we? I understand it's confusing. We all do. You will do this on your terms and time. How about some introductions? I'm Aluja. I have a lot of names, but that's one of my favorites. Are you saying that you're... I am. The I am? I am that I am. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. Already quoting scripture. You bet my son. Great to see you, Mac. Your son? Of course. And, um, son of you. Sarah who? <laughs> <laughs> Sarah, it means a breath of wind. All right. So, which one of you is... I am. You have no idea how much I love you. Am I dead? Do you feel dead? You're wearing a dress. Excuse me? No, I always pictured you the white beard. <laughs> I think that's Santa. 
after what you've been through, I didn't think you could handle a father right now. Here, make yourself useful. Mac, wake up. It's time for us to go. Son. You're messing with me, aren't you? Oh, always. For what we have to do today, you're going to need a father. I love the fact when William Paul Young wrote this um, story of the shack and was wrestling from some needs in his own life with, with who he needed God to be to him in the midst of his pain and his need and his journey and his direction. And uh, the fact that he dared to bring the projected images of God into what I think is a more accurate portrayal of their function and nature, all wrapped in love. It is Chris Santa who has the white beard. And probably not the image that some have had of, of God. I love the fact that he represents at one time God being a black ample-sized woman. And then he shows him in another aspect as an old Native American man. At one point she says, it's not a father you're reading right now. And another point, he said, it's not a mother you need right now, it's a father. See, the point of all this as we celebrate this day of, of motherhood and mothering Sunday is the element of who God is and who we need and who we need him to be. You see, the point is that God in all his forms is who each one of us needs him to be at the time we need him to be that. And it's only religion and fear that causes us to box God in, that he can only be one way and one kind at one time and therefore we miss the broad aspects of all that he really is. My call to action to you tonight is to let him be who he truly is and you'll never lack the presence of who you need at the time when you need him, her, he, she, Matters not to me. All that matters is the one who loves you touching your life, helping you, letting you feel the compassion, the presence, so that the very womb that his is compassion births you into the place of life. Some of you need a mother tonight. Some of you need a father. Some of you need a friend. Some of you need a brother or sister. He is all of those things in the fullness of who he is. But the question is, will you let him be who he truly is? There is no lack. We're going to pray in a moment, but first I want to tell you what the next song is because in true Q fashion, we are going to be a little bit daring and I don't want you to be upset by the daringness we're going to have because we're trying to have integrity to what it is that we're talking about. But this song says this, I've heard a thousand stories of what they think you like, 
but I've heard the tender whispers of love in the dead of night. And you tell me that you're pleased and that I'm never alone. You're a good, good mother. That's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. I've see, seen many searching for answers far and wide, but I know we're all searching for answers only you provide because you know just what we need before we say a word and I could put in there, you're a good, good father. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am because here's the secret. You are perfect in all of your ways. I bring to you tonight the one who is perfect in all his ways. Don't you dare try and make him male. Don't you dare try and make him female. But let him be who he is, the I am to you. Can I just pray for you before we do this song? Just open your heart tonight. Those of you who need that encounter, like Mac, I want you to find it right now as you open your heart and you're willing to see him for who he is, to see her for who she is. Don't be upset because it's not a gender thing. I'm using terminologies to introduce you to the one who is divine, who is all things to meet our needs and comes tonight. Father, mother... <laughs> Whoever you need to be tonight to us, thank you that you have been these things even when we were afraid to use the terminology. But you have been them. I pray for every heart tonight, every person visiting their shack, every person needing an encounter. And I pray right now that they will see you for who you really are in this moment, in the way that they need you to be, to meet that deep need and to bring healing and wholeness because that's what you came to do. Let it be a reality in lives tonight, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.